0: So the following week, March 1st, starts a trend of extremely talky openings to the next few Raws. Um, Vince starts by saying, "These are last week there was footage so rare that it's been placed in the Museum of Television and Radio in New York City, because it showed Vince McMahon showing weakness.
1: None of the people, yeah, they have that. They have that with the Super Bowl ads from 1984. <laughs> not and then he's
0: talking to the audience and saying that none of you know Vince's capacity to love. And then my favorite line of this was because amoebas don't feel very much. And I love that line because Vince. It was like he was started saying it, but he wasn't really sure how much he knew about amoebas. Because <laughs> I feel like he yeah. started by saying amoebas don't feel anything, but he didn't want somebody to be like, oh, actually,
1: Vince, amoebas have some nerve endings, and so they're able to tell some things. Yeah, no, they have blood-curdling screams. It's it's <laughs> like if you could hear them, it's horrifying. Such such wonders and pains of the unearthly <laughs> dimension.
2: For amoebas, the dead are the lucky ones. <laughs> Oh, it's Paramidian.
1: <laughs> Sorry. It's a Paramecian joke. Never mind. Get out. <laughs> I'm just being silly, guys. Ha ha ha! Yeah. <laughs> Brought it back. I liked that one until you went
0: ha. That's the po- that's the point of that. <laughs> Kane is fired. China helps him fight off the white coats. Then uh ch- China um, convinces um, Vince not to fire. I don't know. There's a lot going on here, but mankind comes out, and this is still when mankind is in his "I want to be a referee" phase. And Vince says, "Aha,
1: you will be a referee, but first you must fight the Undertaker." Sure, I I liked that that like China. China's like, look, we you're not able to use Kane the way that you should use Kane. You can't control him. I can control him. And I want to be like China. You need to make sure that Kane doesn't like make promises he can't keep. Like you can't promise to like uh, cremate the Undertaker. It's just not a, a viable thing. And then uh, then Vince is like, so China, you're going to make sure that Kane like kills the Undertaker? And she's like, uh huh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, China, you're not not lo- you're not learning any lessons. Lights
0: go out. Was this oh, as random no, go as it ahead felt,
2: Aaron? Was there anything uh, other, like segments that we, we were missing? I'm like on this, like, I, cause I, I, you know, we've we're jumping around a little bit because we did WrestleMania, and so like we we've seen how Kane and China, that story sort of plays out. But before this, is is there more to their relationship than than being uh, near each other in these kinds of big corporate segments, corporation segments?
0: I think so. I'd have uh, I'd have to go back to like the raw reports from around this time, but um, I guess they were kind of they that yeah they were trying to build a little bit of a relationship between the two of them for sure.
2: Yeah, I just couldn't remember how we got to this point. I know where we get after this, but I'm like, was this the first move? That seems odd.
0: No, no, there's a little bit more to it. I I wish I had something more to tell you though.
2: That's fine.
1: I know that they mentioned uh, at one point that like. Cain, you know, when Cain uh, helped China, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's the part that they were that the announcers were calling back to when China helps Kane, which, by the way, got a huge pop. Yeah. Um, by the way, I also was wondering, like, after Vince fired Kane, like, what's Cain's next career? Like, well, I guess, mayor of Knox County. Yeah. <laughs> he's either going to the mental in- the mental institution or he's uh, going to go into office, which, you know, folks, it's kind of the same thing.
0: Oh yeah, at um at St. Valentine's Day Massacre, um Kane and China were teamed up to uh take on That's Triple right. H and X Pac.
2: That's right. Yeah. But that was more like projected on them than in- indicating they have like they care about each other, right? Well, I, I mean I, I remember
1: Kane just yeah, it was I think it was projected on them, but I think Kane was a good wrestling partner, whereas in some other tag teams that he's been in, he wasn't as attentive. I think this was the one where like Kane kept like uh grabbing China by the hair to make sure she was okay. But but also it was um
0: during China's heel turn, the threat was that Kane was gonna do something to China, um, that, that caused Triple H to quit during his match with The Rock.
2: Yep, yep, yep.
0: Um, and so I guess that they've, they've been putting them in proximity. So I, I don't think it was as abrupt when they actually
1: pulled the trigger on it. Got it. Okay. So before we move on to, uh, were you were you going to move on to March 8th next? Because there's one little thing I wanted to call out. Well, I, I did want to bring
0: up at the end of this segment where it just goes to, again, Undertaker on the screen. Yep. And he says like, you know what it is I want, and you know what it is I'm going to take.
1: Are those different? You know, yeah, <laughs> under, under. You're gonna take unders. <laughs> You're the undertaker. Yeah, you <laughs> take everyone's under. Um. um well, with, well the, there was also the part with uh, Public Enemy, right? What's that? So, um, one of the guys from Public Enemy was like strung up and like covered in blood. Oh yeah, 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 right the... yeah, that happened. Um, so, I didn't, I didn't have that on
0: the homework for this episode, just because that's the stuff between the brood and them didn't really
1: fit in with the overall story. But go right ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, I thought it was really funny that that uh, the guy, the uh, one of the, the guy who's not strung up from Public Enemy, he just kept going, "Spuddy, help me, Spuddy, help me." <laughs> it was like he spells it S B O D Y. I don't know. Like. Uh, that... it, yeah,
0: I, I wouldn't trust elocution from anybody who calls themselves either Flyboy Rocco or
1: Johnny Grunge. <laughs> um, also, like uh, P- Public Enemy is a rap group. Like I don't know where Grunge f- fits in with any of this. Uh, yeah, I, I don't.
0: They're they're. Um... Their bit was like rock and grunge and I don't think that they I'm guessing I'm guessing they have never listened to a Public al- Enemy album in their life.
1: They're like, "Oh yeah, I like I like uh Chuck D's like guitar work really." at the end of the
0: March 1st or sorry the the match on March 1st between Undertaker and Mankind um Taker attacks Vince um then Boss Man attacks Taker from behind they start going through the crowd and they get away in a limo and then this story just kind of enters a holding pattern for the next uh, what's it like 2 weeks I want to say um in the build up to Mania um On March eighth, the entire ministry follows Taker backstage to beat up a jobber as a message to Boss Man. The whole night is about kind of Undertaker's search for the big Boss Man, um, for reasons.
1: Well, also like I was just like, is it really that interesting to watch like Undertaker, Undertaker set a game plan? Like, okay. <laughs> You guys, you guys hang out in the underground parking structure. You guys hang out in the locker room. Uh, Acolytes, you take the front. I'm like, okay, cool. That, so you've got all the places covered?
2: That's the thing. It's basically, my, the plan might as well have been like, okay, now you go look for him. Now you guys also go looking for him. Now you, you guys are B team. You also are looking for him. It was like, what? First of all, I just wanted one scene that's like, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to hold hands and form a chain. Then we're going to walk a grid across the (laughs) arena. Like, that is actually how that works.
1: (laughs) Ali Ali Oxen, free, free, free.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I liked that scene because it showed Undertaker's intelligence.
1: Because he told them to look in three different spots. Yeah, he covered all the the places. (laughs) I wish he had, like... I wish he had a whiteboard where he like he's like, circling all the different parts that, he, that they should be covering. And
0: then I, we'll, go, we'll go back to the stuff in the middle. But at the end, it turns out that Big Boss Man just didn't show up till Raw until like 30 minutes before it was done. Bad employee. Yeah. <laughs> in the meantime, though, Vince tells Briscoe and Patterson to look for or to keep an eye on the ministry. And I thought this was funny. These guys are funny.
2: I love Briscoe and Patterson. I really do. I love when they do segments together. So I, I know <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun.
0: fun. I like when Briscoe just said, I, well, I've been very busy tonight, Mr. McMahon. Doesn't tell him anything he was doing. And then Patterson is just like, yeah, do you want me to get your coffee?
2: They're just such like literal, they're just so weird. They're just legitimately such like weird caricatures of old timey wrestlers that like, you can't fake it. You can't fake that kind of freaky. And I just, I love it. I love it.
1: It's just, it's so funny though that they're like you know where our you know where our real comedic talent lies in uh, Gerald Briscoe and uh, and Pat Patterson like like to be like you know these guys they need they need more airtime um, which I mean like they you know it's great I love it but like what a what a weird choice for like a show that you know it's like it would be like if uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, I don't know, what's a good example? I mean, like it's an hour and a half or is it two hours of and like they're dedicating like a significant chunk of it to these guys that are just like old dudes who are like basically, you know, comic relief. It's just such a such a funny choice.
0: And then they they hunt down the ministry to a room and they just like the ministry. They've just decided, oh, the ministry is in here. They haven't shown any reason why they think the ministry it's just like, nope, the ministry is in this room. Let's kick down the door, and it's the godfather and the hose, and it's funny to me.
1: Do, do, does uh Pat Patterson and Joe and Briscoe, does it almost seem like when they're on these adventures, it's a little bit like um their parents are having a party and they're like, let's go like have an adventure and they just go like they're like they're just playing imaginary, it's, and they're just walking around like doing things.
2: Big Rugrats energy for sure.
1: <laughs> yes, right. Like oh, the Ministry—they're in here. <laughs> and they're like let's open this door. Like yeah, like let's bust it open, and you you'll have your gun, and they like hold their fingers up. It's 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 like
0: that, but it's also to me like um like a teen party movie. Where, um, you've got the group of nerds who are, like, trying to make their way to the party and are gonna run afoul of things on yeah. their way there. Right. Side note real quick. Yeah. Um One of my favorite, so they're busting in, it's the Godfather and the hose. and one of my favorite things about watching um, Dark Side of the Ring, which can be a real downer a lot of the time, is hearing about how the Godfather was just stoned the entire time he was in the WWF, just like every single night, just getting high before everything, and I can't imagine doing the things that he does under that kind of influence.
2: But I, well, I, I mean, imagine yeah. it'd be a lot more fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun to look, watch I have, it I, <laughs> under that influence. <laughs> I
1: I have friends I have friends who like to run high. I don't get it. It just makes me. Oh, I would be like, no, I think I'd want to not run anymore. Uh, Eric, but
2: look, Eric, that's not what runner's high is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so as we said earlier, Bossman shows up like 20 minutes before the show ta- gets off the air. Um, Undertaker finds him And he's going to get Taker symboled the same way that Austin was before But Bossman gets loose uh, The corporation shows up Then the cops are here And then Undertaker is arrested for Being evil
1: in public, I guess The Taker symbol Catches on fire Catches on fire Right Uh, What could go wrong with a a uh, a symbol that is definitely not a crucifix being lit <laughs> on fire. When when has that ever been used uh in a uh, a questionable and um I don't know well, intimidating no. way. But if you, oh, want it to, gets if, worse, if you want to talk about that Eric worse. the following week. But I mean it, it's so funny because like it's it's so funny it, it's like this would be if this wasn't you know uh if this wasn't just due to like wrestling brain, this would be how a person would write a parody of how people wind up getting to the wrong symbolism. Do you know what I mean? Like, I could see this in like in like uh, Thirty Rock or something, where they're just like they start with a premise mm-hmm. that's like, or like Bo- or Bojack Horseman or something mm-hmm. like that, where they start with a premise that like doesn't sound crazy to start with. And then, like, they just inch and inch and inch closer until at the end you're like, oh, no, oh, no, this is what it wound up being. You know what I mean? Was it BoJack like, Horseman like, with the uh, the spinning fireworks that weren't spinning? What was the spinning? Oh, was that when it was the, the
0: uh, were, swastika? There were swastikas. Was that was that BoJack or 30 Rock? I remember that. Clearly, I can't remember
1: what that it was. was uh, no, that was 30 Rock. Okay yeah 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 but like or but yeah but even yeah even more so it's a yeah it's just like when you when like the the joke is usually that like you watch the you know like you watch the oh you know what it works it goes really well in Nathan for you where Mm -hmm. it starts with like oh okay like that's a weird that's a slightly weird thing but I can accept it and then you see where it winds up and you're like oh god like Mm -hmm. how did we get here but then you can see the increments and this is exactly the case like Uh, If you're using something that you refuse to call a cross for what you don't call crucifixions, and that thing that's not a cross catches on fire, please do not put that thing on fire in front of a house.
2: I also really like when Taker's getting arrested that half the cops have haircuts like Matt Riddle. That's, I think, how you really know they're real cops. (laughs) I was like, Guys, can we even try to like put it up in a cap or something? Come on! He's being arrested by a bu- by a bunch of surfers. I was like, is this Pacific Blue crossover still happening? Uh, and then
0: Pacific also, Blue just found themselves undercover as they always
2: do. Yeah, well, that's how it works. WWE superstars on Pacific Blue. Pacific Blue stars on WWF. That's how the deal was laid out. Uh, also, what's the point of arresting a demon? Like he's been to hell so i'm not really sure what kind of punitive measures are going to give them is it one of the things where it's like the opposite where it's like um evil people hate things like ice cream and cotton candy and they love eating cockroaches and being <laughs> set on fire right how does that work
1: listen i think the bureaucracy of the of the prison industrial complex uh is is torture for literally everybody including cenobites. They're like, "No, there's nothing pleasurable about this, guys. It's awful. Like I have to I have to have somebody like come and post my bail and I don't know. They but yet they're going to still keep me here for another
2: 4 hours. I don't know why." Well, I'm sure that he's real, real concerned about what this uh, incident is going to do to his uh, Q2 earnings for his new business when he takes over as chairman of the WWF. All
0: I know is he better get out in time because he's got a perfect attendance that he's working to keep up.
2: (laughs) Wow, a triple tag team finisher, you guys. Guys,
0: remember when that was a plot point for the WWF that the Undertaker has perfect attendance? He's
2: never
1: late. (laughs) I I love the callback. Listen, yeah, he's always here. Where could he be? (laughs) Maybe he's in prison. Oh,
0: but to go back to uh, what Eric was saying about uh, some bad symbology, it gets even worse on March fifteenth. Um, At the end of Shane versus the air quotes Legion of Doom, which was Briscoe and Patterson, um, Vince and Shane are walking up the ramp. The lights go out and um, an image comes up uh, of a house. The lights are on, but nobody's home. But she's coming home. The voice of the undertaker tells us. And then we see a shot of the ministry walking up to the house, which I think is really, really good. Like yeah. everybody pretty kind creepy. of Well I like that everyone just kind of like has their own way of walking. Like how like yeah. the like the brood is doing kind of like a creepy low to the ground thing. Um you got a big menacing walking up as well. They're peering in the windows. I think this is pretty effective.
2: Here's the thing, and again, I go back to again giving the brood why the brood were my favorite wrestlers at the time. Because I think when you look at the ministry especially at this point it's the brood you know the undertaker is too wordy and kind of cheesy like at this point i don't think this is my uh, you know he's he's in one of his strongest iterations dennis knight is not is just kind of not he's gross i don't know he's just like he just looks like he's kind of dirty and confused and then viscera is like a very generic uh wrestling big scary dude Mm-hmm. as opposed and then the brood i feel like is actually something that's kind of unique and in this kind of situation is this like vampire night stalkery sort of way like lends a lot of actual scary sort of credence i think to this group that otherwise would just been exceptionally cheesy and like overwrought sort of like what undertaker was sacrificing uh trying to like live and bomb austin a few months ago i think it would, yeah. fe- it would feel like that whereas i feel like honestly the brood helps push this over into like oh, these people might actually, like, uh, go nuts and, like, this might be, like, a, you know, Scream 4 or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Like, this, as you mentioned it, I was like, you know what, this is around the time where I'm like, ugh, Midian, stop already. Like, rest it. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, they're definitely... they. I think because um, they provide some contrast to, like, the monochromatic aspect of the rest of the ministry, I think it it adds to it. It adds more flavor. It makes it seem more far-reaching and, like, evil and it's a little bit more three-dimensional evil, guys.
2: (laughs) Also, I I think they look cool. Like, they just, like, look cool and they're young, and so I imagine that they probably, and I'm assuming here... You think... They, wait,
0: wait, wait, Bobby. You think they look 1999 cool, right? Yes.
2: Oh, my God. Of course. <laughs> yes. hundred <laughs> percent. But, like, I was watching, like, Edges... Bobby wears
1: blouses.
2: Edges, like, wrap around silver Oakley sunglasses or whatever. Like, whatever those sunglasses were at the time were, like, super popular. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. I just feel like he—they've got like a youthful—he like that ball chain necklace. They've got like a youthful energy to them that feels like they've got some references and like cultural touch points that just make the whole thing feel a little less uh, carnival wrestling cheesy. Yeah. By the way, um,
1: getting back to the the home invasion, this is the point where I think uh, Vince may have used up all of his acting from the uh, the previous weeks because I don't get like. The, the reaction he shows to the idea of the home invasion is, like, a bit muted. He's just like, what do I do? Uh, I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if, if someone was like, I've taken your daughter, like, like you know what I mean? Like, did, wouldn't he, like, be going fucking ballistic? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I would say more so than if a teddy bear got burned.
2: I I agree with that, and I also think like this is the point where we've officially gone to this well too many times. Like, yes. we we did this with Austin and Vince. We've did it. I think honestly, maybe even multiple times with uh, Austin and Pillman. There's like these times where we where we do this. There's someone at the house. We call the cops. The cops can't help us. What do we do? Let's get the police here. Let's get in the car. Where's my driver? I have to get like these sort of like weird yeah. tense panic room sort of bottle episodes are. they were they were great before we've talked about ones that we love before but i think like this is the point where i jumped the shark where it's like okay i can't see this story happen one more time on raw where you're calling and i have to get remote shots of your house like it's just uh, we've done it so many times now and since we never really Uh, cash in on it it's just it's it lost its all of its i feel like scare tension yeah and, and I think
1: that's encapsulated by the, the um, transition that we get from Michael Cole after that scene where he goes, <laughs> yes. well, Mr. McMahon is frantic, but King, you had an interesting weekend. You, you went to the Playboy <laughs> Mansion. I'm they,
2: like, what the fuck, dude? They literally are like, this is serious. Meanwhile, last weekend, Lawler, you had a seriously good time with Hugh Hefner. Like, and what? saying, what? How's the, how's the grotto? Yeah. Oh, they're
1: creeping up on the, on the house, just like you were creeping into the grotto. Uh, what is it like with the bunnies?
2: There is no three like elements that I could picture being together for a worse contrast to follow what we've been watching. It's like Jerry Lawler, the Playboy Mansion, and like Sable. <laughs> It's like wow, like three people who really couldn't carry the emotional tenor from the previous segment into this. Like three I, elements I, I tr- are disjointed. I truly cannot
1: wait until we get to Sable. Um, so okay, so then they're they're like, I don't know. Do you want to walk us through the rest, Aaron? I mean, yeah, they're, sure.
0: They're... <laughs> yeah, sure. And I'm I'm still I'm still thinking about Bobby's point a little bit. Had Stephanie, and cause, spoiler alert, twenty years later, um, Stephanie McMahon is the she that they've been referring to, and the, uh, and all that. But we'll get into that a little later. Had Stephanie been revealed at this point that that she's the one and she's an on-screen character with something to latch onto, and we know we see Stephanie at home, then I think that something like this could have worked a lot better. But as it is, it was a whole lot for a whole little.
2: And also, we hate Vince McMahon, right? So it's we really are struggling to, to all of a sudden sympathize with him because he's a villain, mm-hmm. and you want to see villains get their comeuppance, but not like this.
1: Mm-hmm. Or do
2: we? It's like hard. It's like very confusing, actually, what you were supposed to be wanting to do, and therefore also because so much of the Austin storyline previously was about inflicting cruelty on Vince McMahon, that it's kind of like it's it's very unclear where the fans like. I think are supposed to be with this.
1: Yeah. And it, it would have been cool if, if Stephanie had been like, okay, if they had developed the mythos of the McMahon family earlier on where Stephanie had, had just been like portrayed as like, you know, sweet, uh, you know, like uh, merciful, I don't know, just like very, you know, like very, the antithesis of Shane and Vince, where it's like, oh, like she's got a, you know, she seems like a real good one. You know, if they had sold that, then that would have, like, really heightened the idea of Undertaker, you know, stealing her innocence or whatever the fuck they, they, they did to her. I don't know. It looks like they just did Ash Wednesday, but you know what <laughs> I mean?
2: Like. Well, i think a lot of this is predicated on the on, like the very old school like damsel in distress women in refrigerators sort of tropes yes that like yes she is but... a prop and she is innocent and virginal by nature of being a daughter and owned by her father you know what i mean there's like so mm-hmm. much like in this, oh yeah, just, yeah. Like, so easily uh, lazy and, and and sort of like uh stereotypical and that kind of
1: stuff. Yeah. I guess what I'm saying is I agree with you completely. I guess what I'm saying is, uh to use the the uh, women in refrigerator metaphor, it's like it, it's like if you just if like a character just walked into his kitchen, opened up his refrigerator, and a woman was there and you're like, Wait, who is this? What the mm-hmm. fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> like you need to like even if you're gonna do if even if you're gonna do the refrigerator trope, like part of the trope is is establishing the character for the pathos of losing the character otherwise it's just like violence against women i mean look the, the, re- oh, and the we're gonna get to plenty is, of that yeah the refrigerator thing has never been good but like at, at the very least it had a veneer of being like well you know the the this person who is a sweet innocent has been like destroyed and it's a it's a motivating factor but like we don't even know anything about stuff
0: Okay, so um, Shane and Vince have called the cops. The cops are ignoring him because cops, and they think it's a publicity stunt. Um, Undertaker calls and says creepy shit to him. It's 10 o'clock. Do you know where your family is? Then we've got Midian versus Big Boss Man in a cage. It's a snooze. The corporation shows up. Vince holds Midian hostage, and then the Undertaker is just like, okay, because Undertaker cares about
1: Midian about as much as the rest of us do. Um, and then doesn't like Undertaker's voice come from again the PA system? Like, is this supposed to be like the voice of God? I, I don't, I don't get it. Oh, I thought it was the voice of like the from like the camera through the remote. That's how I
2: thought it was. Oh, too. Me-
1: well, well, I guess you know that's the spo- the spoiler is that that's what they want you to think because, um
0: yeah um there's no answer at the mcmahon house and this is when the undertaker monologues with the burning taker symbol on the lawn with that very very bad look
1: for everybody involved um, Right. did you notice that though, like what do you, what, what do you think vince's neighbors thought when they saw that they're like <laughs> oh no
0: <laughs> oh god oh what will this be doing to the property values
1: yeah, we have to. We, oh, right, it's Connecticut. They'd be like, "What the fuck are they doing?" There's no one here like that.
0: Oh, we have to move. Another wrestling family has moved in again.
2: <laughs> um, Not for what I pay in taxes. <laughs>
0: Did you guys notice though, when when Taker was doing his monologue during the with the burning Taker symbol, they kept cutting to some different like shots, and they must have accidentally cut to a camera that someone left lying on the ring. Yep, yep, yep.
1: They had to they had to turn
0: the camera upright. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that ends pretty anticlimactically. Nobody is taken this week. Um. But then later in the night, Triple H calls out Kane and the two of them get into it. Uh during that point Vince comes out to get Kane hoping that Kane will talk to Taker, but surprise surprise, it's the Undertaker in the Kane mask.
2: I do love Vince reveal. I love Vince appealing to Kane and going, "You speak the same language." <laughs> it's like English, we all speak that language. Undertaker just speaks English. No, he's well, talking like a a- Latin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs>
0: according to the D&D 5e handbook All demons speak infernal So that's probably what he's referring to
1: <laughs> Right uh, Actually English is Cain's second language That's why he <laughs> very rarely talks
2: But he does speak monkey And he can hear dog
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lights go out come back on undertaker's gone who can now teleport and then they do the cane flash for some reason they do the what the uh with the four posts of the ring
1: oh i i'm so desensitized to it Mm -hmm. it just like it washed over me again it was Mm -hmm. it was just like another monologue Mm -hmm. i was like oh sure pain suffering joy um, but because the episode before
0: WrestleMania, they have to get in so many different things and so many different stories. This is really the um, uh, this is really the the climax of this story leading into WrestleMania because March twenty second is really just like the corporation and the ministry facing off, and there's a beach ball in the crowd, and then the lights go out. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't have a lot. Yeah, I had
0: no comment for this. Nope. Um, and then we get WrestleMania 15, which we've already talked about in our episode about that, and so no need to go into that Hell in a Cell monstrosity. Garbage.
2: Garbage, garbage, garbage.
0: But then, as it always is, the Raw after WrestleMania is great. But now, I, I'm i not sure how much you guys are or you, Eric, picked up on on what was going on around the story but so you've got wrestlemania 15 you've got the rock and the austin the two biggest stars facing off each other um you get austin the biggest star in the company the biggest wrestling star in the world wins and so what story do you decide to go with with him afterwards i don't like this belt i like my old belt better so bring me my
1: old belt Oh, that's cool. Yeah, they were doing a lot with the belt, and I was like, all right.
0: Yeah, he wants his smoking skull belt back that he had custom made that uh, Vince took from him. Um, But that is all part of the excuse to bring in, hey, Stephanie, my daughter that we've never seen before,
1: call home and get that belt brought here yeah, you remember that home our home that had the burning uh, symbol in front of it? Can you just uh, call back and, and get them to to run that over? And so I don't understand why they're hiding Stephanie until
0: now because it was always the, like the purpose of this to bring her into it,
2: right, Bobby? Well, this is Stephanie's, I said like debut into the company on screen. She's right. done some modeling for the W shop. This is it. She's 23 years old. She recently graduated from Boston University uh, where she studied communications. And she spent her time like at the WWE, like going like basically department to department, sort of like learning the business. Mm-hmm. And it was Jim Cornette who initially was like, damn, she should be on camera. Uh, and then Vince Russo wrote her into this angle. Um, I don't know why they didn't show up at this point. I know that these were pre-taped. Uh, these segments were pre-taped because it was her first time on, to so like on camera. So they wanted to control as much of it as possible. Oh no shit! And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think like it also kind of I can see how it'd be written intentionally to keep her like this. Like I I can see the reasoning why they'd make the decisions to this point, especially if you consider like again just the time of the calendar of like well WrestleMania they'd probably like get through this part of the story and this this feels like a new chapter. So it feels like they introduced it in sort of chapter one with the sort of the offs teddy bear. And then now we're kind of like getting the follow up now. If but they had, by the way, had they not, but. If they had,
0: uh, uh, if they had maybe earlier on just kind of like, had, oh, this is Stephanie. She's learning the business. And like, kind of like introduced her as like everyone backstage really gets along with Stephanie. It would put an interesting foil against McMahon, who everyone hates. And then. Now you would be able to say, well, Stephanie now has to come with us on the road because we're worried about what The Undertaker might do if she's left at home. That's what I was
1: saying. Right.
2: Yeah. I don't want to again, I I don't want to be a Vince Russo apologist, but I I can I think what some of the thinking was here, too, is that um, they were building a mystery what Mm -hmm. is this weakness what is this achilles heel that vince mcmahon has that undertaker knows that no one else knows about no one knows vince mcmahon's capacity to love no one knows that he has this weak spot this powerful billionaire who runs the company and has all you know all these people under his thumb um all you have to do is go for the soft spot but what is it was it linda was it stephanie what is like like in retrospect but like what was it building up to it was that his teddy bear i mean there's like lots of things like who is she was it an extramarital affair or like there's all kinds of things. I think they were trying to to kind of put an idea like, oh, well, anything could happen, and who let it? Everything's a reveal, you know. Yeah. Um, but with the point, they I, were doing a lot of swerves. But, but then yeah, with
0: I, but then with that, Bobby, to just have Stephanie just kind of like then, oh, now my daughter Stephanie is here too. It's like, oh, okay, so that's who we've been looking for all along.
2: I agree. I agree. I mean I'm not saying, you know, it's crash TV. I'm not saying it's always. And I, I and I'm not even saying that was the right choice they're making, but that's how I like I could see the synapse connect. I just like I also would have gone different. I I agree with your direction.
1: Well, I, I think they also I think that's they it's like they tried a last minute swerve with like having Sable have you know having a, a Taker come out. To, to encounter Sable because, you know, the swerve was like, oh, is this is this her? Is this the her that they're talking about? Of course it's not. It's it's like, it's Stephanie. Thank God they, like, respected us enough so that uh, when Vince sees Sable, he, like, realizes that, that it was Stephanie all along. But, like, also, I just want to point out that I just shouldn't, I should just, as a rule, should never believe anything the two of you guys say to me when I guess ahead of time. Like, I, I think, like, a bunch of episodes ago, I was like, because, you know, when we were talking about uh, take Undertaker, talking about her, and I think they mentioned the teddy bear at one point, I was like, oh, is this this is Stephanie, right? And they're like, you guys were like, oh, yeah, Stephanie's not even in the show. So how could it be Stephanie? No, um, I think what, you just... Eric,
0: I, I, you're you're just, we just don't want you to guess. We just want you to enjoy the ride. So whenever okay, we're saying sorry. that, that, all we're saying is stop guessing.
1: Just see what yeah. happens. You should lobotomize me then. You should just
2: <laughs> Well, that was the plan. Then the pandemic hit and we started recording remotely. <laughs>
0: um so yeah, so as Eric alluded to, um Sable and Jackie take on Tory and Ivory and then lights go out. Taker comes out with his new pointy beard.
2: LOL, LOL, LOL.
0: Um surround Sable um Undertaker says that he wants to see what she's got, and then nice. she starts amazing. Amazing, oh <laughs> and then she God. starts doing the sable dance,
2: which is called the grind, like <laughs> Eric Nye's the grind from MTV, the grind at uh, Spring Break. But also, it's the worst dance I've ever seen. It's it's sort of like the it's like a sexy truffle shuffle. It's very. very <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. Make On the one bad. hand. On the one
1: hand, it's it's insanity that in a wrestling ring, when a wrestler comes to you and says, "Show me what you've got," your first thought is to do that dance. But on the other hand, it makes perfect sense because that is what Sable has. Like yeah. it's like it. It's a little bit like Taker saying, "Like empty your pockets," and like literally, the only thing she has in her pockets is the is the rhinestones
2: the, and, and unwrapped heart. The cannon. uterus,
1: yeah. <laughs> the uterus dance,
2: yeah. It looks like she's trying to rub her belly and pat her head at the same time. I, I can't. It's the worst dance. Uh, and that was like her whole gimmick for like a hot minute here. It was all about Sable and, and the grind. And I was like, even as, as a very gay child, I was like, no, this isn't for anyone. <laughs> this is not just a me thing.
0: <laughs> and so we almost are okay with
1: the fact that Undertaker grabs her by the neck after that.
2: I wouldn't go that far, but... <laughs>
1: Look, it stopped her from dancing. Okay, I, I'm just thinking of the problem at hand. <laughs> um,
0: Vince comes out, asks what kind of a man are you, and then is looking there, drops the mic, and runs backstage yelling Stephanie. Uh, Shane was Good supposed, acting. yeah, I, I, I think so. Shane was supposed to watch her. Um, and Vince gets backstage. And there's a phone call for him. He answers the phone. And it says, she really is sugar and spice and everything nice. And I really wanted to follow it up with, and you, Vince, are snips and snails and puppy dog tails.
1: <laughs>
0: and pleasure
1: and pain and unearthly <laughs> desires and suffering.
0: So, Vince... um. Vince does what any of us would do in that situation and asks Ken Shamrock to find her.
2: Okay. Ken want,
1: Shamrock the bounty hunter.
2: I want, I do we are gonna riff on this a lot and go into this for the first second, but before we do, <laughs> uh, one point I wanna make that, that came clear to me during this is like watching the corporation and the ministry. We do, even when we do stables now, I know like this is like a been recurring thing that we've talked about in the podcast, that I've talked about in the bigger wrestling, fucking Twitter and whatever. Is like people want to see more stables, and I feel like we started seeing more stables in modern, in like contemporary wrestling, but they're never more than like three or four people. Like that is the max. But the the sheer size, of the number of like people in these stables back then, it was like six or seven people or whatever, mm-hmm. and like suddenly everyone has something to do. Everyone's in a storyline. There's so many like people involved in moving parts of this that even though Bossman Undertaker sucked, like even though it was bad and I didn't like it, the idea though that through this they're able to cycle through mid card guys like Bossman now into Shamrock and give them spotlight, whether or not they can maximize that potential or not. But the fact that 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 mechanism is there, this in the same way that like a tournament has built in stakes and like things like that, I think it's just such a cool. Storytelling like process that I wish they did more of. Um, and I was taking, I was really appreciating that doing this as we got to like this part of the deep dive.
1: Yeah, it's like when Shipwreck, uh, has that is is put under by (laughs) Cobra and he's married. Like, no one fucking thought about Shipwreck,
0: (laughs) definitely. And Ken Shamrock will leave no
1: trash can unmoved in his search for Stephanie McMahon. I he he says if she's in this building I'll find her and I added dead or alive.
2: <laughs> well, how can you not find her? He's right now asking for a girl in a blue shirt with brown hair. How many of those could there possibly be? Have <laughs> you seen a you... girl who's got a blue shirt and brown hair? Oh, wow, that nearly narrows it down.
0: You see, girl, long brown hair, blue shirt. You
1: see, girl, brown hair, blue, blue shirt, you, see... <laughs> you you see, girl. You see, girl, girl, girl. Oh man.
0: Um, and then, and Vince doesn't give a shit about the show right now. He's all about finding Stephanie. And I I thought that was a nice character
1: wrinkle to put in there. Just wants his baby girl back. So Uh, it's a good touch. And it's also a good, uh, it also sets up a good, uh, tension between him and Shane.
0: Um, so, um, Shamrock uh, has to stop his search for a while to battle with Gangrel, but uses this to his advantage, asking, where is she? Over and over again. Um, puts him in the ankle lock and wins. The lights go out. The brood shows up for their bloodbath thing. But after the bloodbath, Ken Shamrock
1: has Christian in the ankle lock, who says that Stephanie is in the basement. I wanted him to say that she was in the basement of the Alamo because I'm a big Pee Wee fan. <laughs> I like she's to, there with the bike sorry go
2: I like to hear how Shamrock first has a carry moment where he has blood poured over him uh-huh. and then he has another carry moment as in Carrie Matheson from homeland where he interrogates the brood using <laughs> torture methods <laughs> so he has one carry moment followed by a completely different carry moment next he's going to get a pair of Manolo Blahniks and have a third other carry moment <laughs> Um, I
1: also liked before the match where he was telling Vince, I'm going to I'm going to find out I'm going to rip his leg off and beat him with it. If I have to find out, I'm going to beat him with it. I'm like, that's not the part that you want to emphasize. You said you would rip his leg off. (laughs) So then uh, Investigator Shamrock makes his
0: way to the basement. Um, And then his first move when he gets down there is to move a cardboard box as though she might be under it. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: okay guys so i want you to picture this you've been kidnapped you tried kicking out the tail light but it didn't work you're scared you're traumatized and then all of a sudden a screaming man covered in blood shows up to rescue you
2: also you're unrestrained in the basement of a building with fifty thousand other people including <laughs> your father and people who have seen you grow up your entire life and you're not literally restrained. a hun-
1: a hundred A hundred feet from the guy who showed Shamrock where the stairs were.
2: (laughs) Like, if you yelled loud enough, someone would hear you.
1: Right, like, he went to Shamrock, he probably went to Shamrock like, oh, are you looking for the screaming girl? She's down there, I think.
2: Yeah, why not just put her, well, you know what it is, they couldn't see what color shirt she was wearing, so they didn't know it was the same girl. (laughs) They should have just put her in the same room they put uh, Dennis Knight in a fucking few months ago with the light room right? full of screening. Just put her in there. You ha- you already p- you're paying for the storage space, you might as well use it.
0: Or does does Undertaker only have that in the the one city that Raw was filming from that week? They had a promotion for one month free of the storage lockers. Uh <laughs>
2: She's fine. Someone just took a a Sharpie marker and drew uh, an undertaker symbol on her forehead.
0: Uh, But Vince is very happy. They're reunited. Um, Vince doesn't give a damn about Austin's belt or anything else for the rest of the night. This is done. This is it. And I love how as they're, um, they're like thanking Shamrock. He's just standing there with dried
1: blood all over his body. Yeah. Yep. Take a shower. Just clean off.
2: I also wish he wasn't wearing blue, specifically, tights. Like, I wish they were just black tights, because the blue tights with the red blood on it definitely like he shit himself. I, mean, it was, <laughs> I just, like... I, it was, like, it was so... There was so much to watch it. There was so much I had to see it, because I had to keep looking at, it, at, his, at his little butt, and it just was very upsetting.
0: I'm sure, that's somebody's fantasy, just not Bobby's.
2: Nope, sorry. I'm going to pass on that one.
0: So the following week, I think there's a really cool shift in the storytelling here where um vince is being interviewed and he says that the undertaker believes that he is this character that was created um i like that note for this for this story just kind of like because we're in the attitude era now and because we're kind of past like the the magic and and the demons of before how do you make this or this story work and how do you keep this grounded and so to make undertaker into this kind of charismatic person who has played this role for so long
2: that he now embodies it i like that note me too i wish, I wish they, they been... just i wish they played it more me too yeah. Yeah, I, I wish they would have really harped on that more, brought that more into it. Uh, like, it would be great to have someone like The Godfather uh, who, like, talk about their relationship outside of the ring or something like that and kind of have that layer, like, but now he's gone crazy. Like, he lost it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of add that layer. They had so much there to play with and didn't miss opportunity.
0: Vince only cares about keeping Stephanie safe, though. Doesn't care about running his wrestling corporation, so he's <laughs> kind of put Shane in charge. Um I love the part where Shane wants to tell Vince about all he's all like his schemes that he has for the night. And Vince is like, I I don't care. I don't care. Um, but Ivory at one point calls out Terry Runnels for whatever's going on between the two of them. Terry comes out and Ivory rips off her shirt. And then we have lights going out again. And Ivory, one thing i definitely didn't remember going back and watching this is how much the threat of violence against women is a part of this story
2: wow yeah i wanna we're gonna get to that in a big way in next week's episode uh mm-hmm. i mean it's like next the next um, thing we check in on the next yeah. we talk about i have i have some big notes on this Okay, so we'll put an opinion in. A pin but in I, it. I agree. Yeah, let's, I, I want to talk about this more, especially uh-huh. when we talk about the following week.
0: Uh, but Taker says he's coming for Stephanie and there's nothing that Vince can do about it. Um, and then it goes backstage with Vince and Shane and Stephanie. And there's one point where Vince goes, We may have to give that SOB what he wants.
1: Isn't what he wants your daughter? I, know, I I kind of liked Stephanie's reaction where she's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Give him Shane.
2: I also, um, I did write down, because at one point he's like, no one's going to hurt you while I've got you or something like that. And this reminded me of that song from Sweeney Todd where it's like, no one's going to hurt you, not while I'm around. It's like a little a little sweet musical number. No, just me. Okay, sorry. No, I don't remember.
1: Andrew Lloyd Webber comes back again. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sondheim, bitch. Uh oh, Fuck.
0: Um, so then we go backstage where Christian is getting whipped for, uh, letting it spill last week that, um, Stephanie was in the basement showing that the undertaker really holds a grudge and isn't willing to act on it until he's got TV time.
1: Uh, It's also showing that I think like much like the, like the LAPD, there's a very strong white supremacist element in the ministry. Like they, they utilize a lot of like imagery and iconography from a a very specific era of human history or of Mm. American history. I
0: didn't. didn't, Hmm. Yeah. That didn't track for me when I was watching
1: this, but I get what you're saying. I don't know, man. There's just like the, between the nooses, the the whippings and the burning symbols, there's a lot going on. Yeah. ooh, Hate it. By the way, uh, and and uh, to bring it back to a, a pleasant note, um the uh sh- the Shane part in the beginning that where we talked about, there's one part that I love where he's he like leaves his father and his sister in the room, and he goes out to address the rest of the corporation. Then he goes, Let's go, corporation style. <laughs> I was like, so you're going to uh, divide into sub departments and divisions, and you're going to send a memo around about it. And that's actually maybe uh, cir- circle
0: back. That's actually the direct translation of Gangnam style. <laughs> So we've got the match between the New Age Outlaws and the Brood, and partway through, Christian um, stumbles out there, still dazed from before, and Billy Gunn grabs him and throws him in the ring, and then he gets pinned, causing the Brood to lose another match.
2: First of all, how good are the referees where they don't even know which wrestler is which? Like, how do you not know the difference between Christian and Gangrel Girl who was just in front of you? Does Earl Hebner not have object permanence? Like, how is that possible? <laughs> like, if you were watching this with a stranger who's never seen wrestling, they'd be like, that's not the same guy. You know what I mean? Like you can remember two minutes ago who you were just refereeing, right? Like, and it's like don't, this is like the most the biggest like logic gap when they ask us to do this. Uh, also I love how over the New Age Outlaws are for this match. The crowd is like eating up every single thing they do, like unbelievable. And uh, including one of my favorite New Age Outlaws fans in the audience, who had taped together a bunch of computer printer paper that said "We're gonna do it doggy style," <laughs> meaning they had to print on multiple sheets of paper, that lay it out, <laughs> print it out, and then tape it together it and then the hold tape. it across. And then you to have to cut c- the bottom it's... message out. And then you have to
0: cut off the pieces that don't quite overlap just right.
1: And I think they
2: added like a few extra symbols to make it like, you know, like an at sign and a tilde just to make it look symmetrical and have some flair. It's like, they really were pushing the limits of greetings workshop with this. It was something again all at the bottom.
1: At the bottom, it says peanut butter is one word
2: all to support road dog of all people.
1: <laughs> I gotta say, man, road dog, road dog. When he, when he was like doing his, uh his, his intro, for the heavyweight, uh, for the um, hardcore stuff, I was like, man, this guy has the crowd. He he just knows how to, like, like they wanted to keep going. He's like, no, 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 it's changing this time. I love it. And they were just, like, they were down for it. He just kept singing the tune and changing it, and they were, like, singing along. So then another match happens. We've got Ken
0: Shamrock versus Viscera and uh the ministry descends on shamrock during this match um shane holds back the rest of the corporation and lets um lets ken shamrock uh be taken away and be put in a trunk um vince is backstage and someone just starts flipping the lights on and off and he yells stephanie <laughs> We go back outside, and the ministry is ready for another sacrifice. A young girl is going to be sacrificed, and it's Ryan
1: Shamrock. Swerve, 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 swerve. I, I, like I wrote this. earlier. I was, I. It's fine. No, it's good. But like, I, like the uh, right away. I was like, oh, they are front loading this Stephanie swerve. Like I knew it immediately. Like it was like a young. It's a young yeah. girl. Her father, like we won't be specific. It's it's like China saying it last night father, was magical. It
2: wasn't father. It was family, and so it was like very carefully chosen words that I agree. Also, like re- had made my ears like kind of like crop up. Like, huh? They're 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 being very careful in the language they're using here,
1: right? Which is funny because like it's it's so funny that in the world of WWE, the the ministry, which is like the most evil thing can't say an untrue thing they're like no 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 i said a woman like technically she has a family and that family is going to be upset we did not mislead you in any way (laughs) but undertaker we're the ministry that always tells the truth and they're the ministry that always (laughs) lies you get one question
2: (laughs) also though here's the thing i understand the sacrifice of midian and i also i'm not asking for this i don't want it to be more violent but I don't really understand the effects of sacrificing someone by raising them really high off the ground. <laughs> like, I don't – we right. did it to Austin. We did it – we're doing it now to Ryan Shamrock. And, I mean, I guess it's it's scary. I'd be – I mean, I could see being like, oh, this is scary. But, like, I, I don't know. I, I just don't – I don't get it fully, what's supposed yeah. to be happening.
1: Yeah, so, like, I, I, I agree with you, Bobby. I did not understand, like, that was, like, the middle of the Raw. It wasn't even the end. So I just was like, how does that ceremony end? Do they just, like, let her down? They're like, okay, you can go now.
2: I imagine for the live crowd it was a blackout and they let her down in, like, pitch, in, like the darkness of the arena. But also, w- w- to what effect? Well, what are we supposed to believe? I, fine, but, like, what's the intended illusion? I'm just very, I, I just, right. I don't, I understand. I'm not asking them to sacrifice people on television, but I do think if you're going to have a sacrifice angle, there needs to be something sacrificed.
1: <laughs> right? It sounds like you want them to sacrifice somebody on television.
0: <laughs> I, Bobby, don't you know what a sacrifice is? You just slightly elevate it over the area
1: where it was.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, I sacrifice every time I take the elevator up to my uh, apartment. Like, Oh, it's our sacrifice. I did think when Undertaker said, uh, it's not the young girl that I wanted, I was like, oh, I guess your
0: order from Wayfair hasn't come through yet.
2: Whoa, Nathan caught called, called me up on that whole thing last night. And let me tell you, I am reeling. But <laughs> sorry for another, for another pod.
0: Okay, Just uh, the TikTok teens. We, we were really behind you when you were doing climate shit and ordering tickets to Trump's rally. But once they discovered Pizzagate and QAnon, I'm like, oh, God, no.
1: Um so hold on. When when uh Taker was talking about like the chosen one, was he talking about Ryan Shamrock being the chosen one or Stephanie being the chosen one? Like, the the drivel got a little confusing to me.
0: Eric, I don't remember him uttering the I believe you. I don't remember yeah. him uttering the words chosen one at any point because again, at that point it was just like wash over my face.
2: It literally wasn't. Like they took the script of the Matrix and hit like a random button, and were like, let <laughs> grab words from it and put them together. They're like, chosen destiny leader darkness soul reap. It's like, what? Huh? Huh? What? Huh?
1: It's found I'm not poetry. I'm surprised they didn't have an oracle. <laughs> it met, right. It's like a mag. Yeah. It's it's bananagrams But Eric, whatever you do, don't guess who the oracle is going to be. Right. Oh God. Right. Uh, let me get. Let me see. Do you guys want me to experience it for the first time? So I don't know if you guys caught it at some point. I think when they were probably talking about, like, the, the ministry attacking uh, Ken Shamrock. But there was a point where Michael Cole, again, speaking of, like, just pure word diarrhea, Michael Cole refers to Ken Shamrock going on a seek-and-destroy mission. And I think he's referring to when Ken Shamrock was looking for Stephanie McMahon. (laughs) Like, literally nothing was destroyed. He was seeking. Like, he wasn't wasn't trying to murder anyone. I know. That one cardboard box got a little bit bent.
0: (laughs) So we go to the April 12th episode, which starts with Vince showing Stephanie some police officers. Just like, these are what police officers look like. But then we have, God, one of the talkiest starts to one of these. Uh, Shane oh, comes so Shane comes out with the corporation. Um, Shamrock has the very valid point wanting to know where the corporation was when he and Ryan were kidnapped, which never really got resolved either. Nope. Sure didn't. Um, but Shane calls out Stephanie and Vince, um, says that Vince's priorities are out of whack. Um, his, his, uh, major, um, evidence for that is that he's hired Jr. back on there. He fires the Stooges, which we all know now that he's evil. Um, and Vince accuses him of being on a power trip. But Shane wants to know, where is the Vince McMahon with the balls the size of grapefruits? And sends him away. Shamrock (laughs) walks, Shamrock walks
1: out with him. But there was also the smack, right, where they replayed that smack. Uh, I don't know, fifteen times. And the funny thing about that smack was, I don't know if it was like some like wrestler or one of like the um, the Greenwich Street crew or, or whatever they call it, the Mean them. Street Posse. Uh, Granite Street Posse, I don't know if it was them or if it was somebody from the audience, but there was there was somebody on the hot mic who just kept going, oh, shit! <laughs> you, every time they did a replay, you just heard, like, you hear, like, oh, shit! <laughs> every single time. That's right. Shane also
0: slaps Vince McMahon. Acolytes are against Jeff and Owen. Um, and then partway through the match, the Ministry makes their way in, um knock get uh owen and jeff into the corners and then undertaker stands menacingly over deborah
2: yes uh threatening her how beautiful she is all the stuff i actually so the thing i wanted to talk about more with regards to coming up is right after this Because like shamrock comes out clears the ministry with a bat wait at what point no it was okay so while i'm trying to sorry my notes are bad on this but i'm trying to remember deborah undertaker has deborah And that's when he says that Shamrock, Ryan Shamrock enjoyed everything that like Viscera did to her. That was the line that like got me. That was like, God, Jesus fucking Christ, WWF. Uh, But that was the line, the implication that like when Ryan, while Ryan was kidnapped, she was also raped. Uh, And I think all of this violence that's being threatened against women and some cases cheered for uh, and especially just like the easy implication of of rape here and like the threat of rape, I think you can draw a very clear, very straight line from this stuff in the attitude era that we're talking about directly to the kind of thing that Sammy Guevara got in trouble for making a joke about on a podcast straight to the speaking out movement on Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the kind of thing when people talk about representation And why it matters, and like what potential, like what power storytelling has to like actually affect attitudes and beliefs. It's like wow, what a very clear, concise example here where you can take it, isolate, and be like, yep, I can absolutely see from like point A to point B to point C.
1: Maybe just to be fair, uh, maybe he meant that he was carving on a fake chest with jelly, and she was really enjoying
2: that. They were practicing. Actually, they were doing a lot of uh, Scrabble. A lot of <laughs> right. tiddlywinks. I keep getting all Viscera these U's and reading.
1: T's. V- Viscera was reading to her his poetry, and she's really enjoying it.
2: That's actually how they came up with the name of Viscera. It's the letters that he had. It's the seven <laughs> letters that were on his tray. Uh, he rearranged them and was right. like, Viscera, is that a word? Nah, let's go with that. Viscera, Viscera, it's Viscera. You <laughs> got
1: a bingo with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. then
2: he got a dictionary. He's like, yes, it's an it's, it's, uh, old language for your insides. Viscera, Viscera, that's my name, Viscera.
1: <laughs> and Bobby
0: sorry it wasn't your notes that were screwed up I, I got things a little out of order there there was earlier on in the night where um, there was a women's segment I want to say with um, who's the big bodybuilder woman it was, uh, Nicole Bass
2: it was the four way the four way match
0: that got that interrupted the- by um, Undertaker monologuing over the PA system
1: he goes he goes you can run and you can hide and I was like oh he's stuck <laughs> like, that's not it <laughs> It's like, you can run, and you can hide, but... And you can talk, and you can nap, and you can do a lot of things, honestly. What the fuck do
2: I know? You can make a hat, you
1: can make a brooch, you can
2: make a little pterodactyl. I can't stop you, what am I, the police?
0: (laughs) And we also skipped ahead over Paul White versus The Brood, where Undertaker orders Edge and Gangrel out of the ring, and Big Show destroys Christian in seconds. So now we're at the at the right spot though so Ken Shamrock um clears the ring with a bat um and gets directed to the boiler room where Ken finds uh Ryan with mankind the ministry then captures Shamrock again why did you let him go the first time you dummies if you just want to catch him again or are the ministry just catch and release
1: it's a it's a little bit like bass fishing. Yeah. You know, Ken Shamrock was too small. They need him to start spawning. So they just throw him back. We put our Ken Shamrocks back so that we're able to catch him again sometime.
0: Sustainable Shamrock, Ken (laughs) Shamrock fishing. (laughs) Uh, Ken is put in a luxurious silk robe and tied to the
1: Undertaker symbol. But now... Oh, no, no, no. This is the best part. Uh, When he's doing that, uh, Undertaker goes... Put him on the cross. Uh, put him on the symbol.
2: <laughs> uh oh. He's like, I'm gonna have an email about that when I get
1: home. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Also, also, uh, another another great line of Undertaker drivel is um. People say I've lost touch with reality, but you know what I say? I am what I am. (laughs) What are you, Popeye? You fucking
0: jamoke. (laughs) I'm strong to the finish when I drink my viscous liquid.
1: (laughs) Yo-ho and blow the men down, right?
0: But the brood turn on the ministry. Shamrock is saved. Um, And the Undertaker just kind of sinks into the stage.
2: (laughs) Yeah, him disappearing was like watching someone pretend to walk down, like pantomime walking down a staircase (laughs) into a basement.
1: (laughs) Like someone behind the couch on a phone call We're like, I'm gonna take the elevator.
2: Yeah, exactly. That's what it reminded me of. I was laughing so hard. My notes literally say Undertaker disappearing, lol. Because I can't... (laughs) I was laughing so hard I couldn't even like properly capture it
1: they didn't show this but in the stadium he he did the kayaking thing where he, <laughs> he walked across.
0: uh shamrock calls out the ministry the ministry attack and then the corporation shows up to pull him out but then in a twist they begin to beat down on shamrock as asshole cha- chance rain down on shane
1: mcmahon um one other thing that we've passed over, we passed over—we talked about about Deborah briefly. So when when Undertaker was like basically like manhandling Deborah, did you notice that before he st- he like as he was grabbing her throat, she was like she could not stop smiling. She was like tickled pink by Mark. So it leads to the final
0: segment that we're going to look or the final episode of Raw that we're going to be looking at for this deep dive. Um on April 19th, the Undertaker orders the acolytes to take out the brood. We've got the acolytes versus the brood. Um Shamrock clears the ring with a bat again. And then Paul Bearer really speaking for uh, his his coworkers like like uh Taker they they had a bat. Um <laughs> Then the Acolytes have to explain themselves. And, and this is my th- third point. The, un- the Acolytes should never drive a car. The Acolytes should never wear a shirt. And the Acolytes really just should never talk.
1: Yeah, agreed. Yeah. They're so
0: much more menacing. They're so much better when they're just like this unmovable force. Like unmovable in, in both physical and
2: emotional. All they should be allowed to do is inflict pain. That's mm-hmm. it. They shouldn't yeah. be allowed to even stand at rest. Like that, they should be <laughs> an Unearthly suffering. Of, of, of pain and violence.
0: You got time to lean. You've got time to beat someone ass.
2: Yes, yes. Pick up a broom. You're gonna stand there. <laughs> and then hit and someone punishment. with it. And <laughs> punishment. And then speaking of things that people
0: should never be able to do. <laughs> I
2: what you about to say. Go, go, go. I love
0: Undertaker it. is on a cell phone. <laughs>
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: Undertaker cell <was laughs> phones very funny. Undertaker
0: had to go down to Singular Wireless, sign up for a plan, get the phone that was issued with that plan.
2: Okay. Then though he had to reach down to his belt, he had to unvelcro <laughs> the top of the fake leather pouch he has it in. He had to take it he had to flip it open, and then he had to gently raise the one and a half inch <laughs> antenna out of it. So don't forget those vital steps.
1: It's like, how great would it have been if he had a Bluetooth in his ear, like, and he's just like, "Hey, uh, Midian, do you have everything set up? All right." And uh, and by the way, don't fail me. That's how he ends every every conversation. It's just and like, and, and please don't fail me. Please don't. Fail it's me. like,
2: he's just like, like uh, ahoy, ahoy. <laughs> 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 it's like,
0: motherfucker, don't you have telepathy or something?
2: Literally, that's my note. <laughs>
1: That's really funny. He should have a Ouija board. Oh, really? He's just asking you questions. Why didn't you yeah. like,
2: send a raven? Send a raven.
0: <laughs> don't you right? Like of all the don't things. you have to like whisper it in the ear of a wolf and then send him out into the night?
2: listen we like throw some magic like um sand, uh, some magic dust onto a fire till it turns like purple? You know what I mean? Like that's that's how I expect you communicate.
1: Also- did you also notice that Undertaker's outfit was like had a cleavage window?
2: Undertaker's look here, he's like doing weird things with his hair and his facial hair and his makeup. It's just the whole, it's 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 very weird and he looks very bad. Yeah, like what what is it that they call it where
1: like, you know, on a woman's dress where there's like the the open holes uh, like a the, keyhole,
2: the... Or a peep, a keyhole or a keyhole or people. It's a right, it's, a boob, a, key, a, it's, yeah, it's a boob window.
1: A keyhole top.
2: Yeah, it's <laughs> a boob window.
1: Boob window. He also, I mean, this is just not not Taker's night. He also, when he gets on the on the uh, uh, Titantron, he, I think he said to to uh, Ryan, Sh- wait, to Ken Shamrock. He goes, "Do you know where your sisters is?" <laughs> I, I rewound it. I was like, "Oh, he did not get a clean take on that one."
0: This motherfucker
1: just said sisters. It changed name of group <laughs> chat to sisters. Right? The the pay per view is now called <laughs> Sisters. Oh, my God. Uh, he, also, he also, when he was giving the instructions to the, uh, to the Acolytes, he goes, You are my implements of destruction. They must be destroyed. Show no mercy. I'm like, where is the mercy in destruction? Like, at what point? <laughs> it's like, well, look, they're destroyed. But, like, their egos are destroyed. We thought they got it. You done. are my they implements of them. inconvenience. <laughs> <laughs> you are my implements of mercy. Please show them every courtesy.
0: So we got Bossman versus Shamrock later in the night. Shamrock wins. The light goes out. Undertaker gets back on the screen. Tells he knows what hotel Ryan is is in, and even the room number. Shamrock is upset.
1: Well, first of all, who who remembers the room number of anything? I don't even. I've like I do work trips a lot, or I used to, but back in the old days uh and i just like like it takes me like eight days to figure out like what my room number was usually I'm, i just like keep the key with the with the, <laughs> with the, the little pouch the <laughs> little cardboard yeah, yeah and i'm like oh that's where i am and the like, how the password. fuck does yeah <laughs> right <laughs> like can't can't like ken shamrock like reach into his his uh briefs and just pull out the little key and go oh oh 2223, that's that is it
0: and then finally, Cole is sitting down with Vince and Stephanie uh, when he gets word that something's going on outside. He tells the guards to stay with Stephanie. Take me to the son of a bitch. He finds Midian outside, and then Vince tries to hit Midian with a car. <sighs>
1: um, so I have to ask, like, does where 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 does the ministry go after this? Do they still
2: exist? Well, uh, you will. You will find out.
0: Yeah, a lot's going to happen. Um, we've got on our next week episode. We've got um, Ken Shamrock versus the Undertaker at Backlash, um, and then really the the story of the Ministry is going to evolve a bunch um, and is going to be the real story of the early part of 1999.
1: Yeah. So um, I mean, I, I I wasn't really sure where this like you know as we were I, I wasn't sure what this. Deep dive. These these uh, pair of episodes was gonna cover. I, I you know like I'm used to the storylines kind of getting tied up at some point. This one obviously did not. Um, but I think the main like takeaway I got, and I, you know we have a lot of these takeaways throughout. I mean, besides just laughing at it, it sounds like it. You know, there was there were a lot of missteps, but then there's also a lot of opportunity for things, and I I get it. Um, the main thing I took away from it was it felt to me like like a um, like a comic book crossover event. Like yeah. I felt like as we were watching the you know, all of the different raws and all the different whatever, you know, all the different things and going through and just like you know, probably also because I'm not what I'm not watching the, the full raw. I'm we're like skipping around, but but so I'm seeing like a little bit of right before the right before like the section we're supposed to look at, and I'm seeing a little bit right after, um, and just seeing who gets pulled into it, and and you know like how it, it really is very far reaching and like like to the point where like you know it's it was funny because like the the timestamps for um, Jeff Jarrett and like Owen. We're always very close, like, Jeff Jarrett and Owen were always very close to a a ministry appearance, so I remember seeing them a lot in various Raws, but, like, there wasn't any crossover, and then you just see, at some point, even they get swept up into into the ministry's shenanigans. Um, and it felt very much like, like something like Flashpoint or like yeah. you know, Crisis of Infinite. It's, it's or kind or of or like, yeah. Of it's kind
0: things. of like uh, you have to buy this ep- this uh, this issue of I don't know um, Teen Titans because it's crisis related. But the only real crisis related is at the end the sky turns red.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's very yeah. It's very just like and and, and there's something a li- like I get what they're I, you know obviously they're investing a lot in this idea. And I get a lot of it and and you know there's some stuff that's rewarding, and there's some stuff that's not but i I think maybe because we're just like watching week after week after week of raw in such a um a short thing, I wonder if like if I had been watching it like you know live at the time, like would I have had the same like no pun intended visceral reaction that I have been having where. Like literally every time the lights go out and takers music comes on, I'm just like, Oh God, come on. Like it, it just seemed like, you know, they just kept pressing the button and like, it's always like I've got another sacrifice to make. And I was like, Jesus, how many fucking sacrifices is this ministry? Like what's the quota on ministry sacrifices per month, per week? Like, I don't know, you know, do have they not been hitting their numbers? Um, so there were, I, I think, like what a lot of what I felt was just kind of like exhaustion with, like, with the, probably also just because we're watching a lot of clips, but I felt exhaustion with the trope at a lot of different times. I
0: get that, that Eric. I, I'll say for me, and and I want, I'm interested to hear from Bobby as well that this turn was one of the things that turned WWF into appointment television. I wanted to know how this story was going to progress and where it was going to go. And especially, um, the stuff that's going to happen after backlash really kind of amped it up to the next level for me.
2: Yeah. I really liked it from kind of what I was saying before is that I think that now we have so many talented superstars today but we can't give them all meaty storylines to work with because we wouldn't be able to keep up with these 15 to 20 different complex storylines. So what they yeah. did then, it was almost like – it felt like almost what they did with Fortnite where it's like a season of Fortnite where it's like it comes through and now it's all about the water that one happened. So now it's all about Mr. McMahon and Austin. And they have this big overarching story they give multiple segments of television to, which I, which I think they do even more rarely today. Uh, and I, and then they can cycle in and out other superstars. And I think to your point, they do cycle in and out more, but I feel like because even though we are watching a lot of clips, we're still like dipping in and out and around of things. Um, and I, I, just think that, uh, folks are coming in and out. They have other stuff to do, but I think it kind of like helps keep the story fresh with like shifting focus and giving otherwise people that wouldn't have anything to do an excuse to be on TV and an easily understood motivation. Like, Oh, they're on this team. Whether or not why they right. got on the team and whatever, of course, not everything is like a layered, beautiful Shakespeare portrait. But at least they have – you could quickly, as a viewer, like ascertain like their goals in a moment of being like, okay, they're on the Undertaker's team, so they're helping him. Versus these people are on this team, they're trying to help them. Okay, so at least I now I know – without knowing anything about Viscera, hearing him speak, what his deal is, we know that he's there to help the Undertaker. Um, and I think there's something really efficient about that. And the way they really make this big, compelling story they invest so much in week over week – it just feels like has something more important to do, whereas Bossman and Shamrock, what else would they have been doing at this time?
0: And we also, I mean, this was close to four months of storytelling that we've done now in, that you've kind of like Johnny mnemonic into your brain. So I, it, it was a lot for all of us, I think, to take it in this way.
1: Yeah, I've got leakage
2: for sure.
0: <laughs> but keep it in there for now. Love us, disagree, want to?
2: Wonder aloud if the, if the person tied to the cross being cut open in front of you is in fact some sort of sacrifice?
1: <laughs> want to put us on the cross? I mean, simple? <laughs>
0: Let us know. Email us at helenaselfone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at helenaselfod or tweet at us individually. Erica Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at SlowPass. Our theme song is There Are Traders in Our Myths by Disco Vietnam and our artist by Alexis Yavni. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again next week with Backlash 1999.